I told Katie, I told Katie when we were coming in, I said, Pastor should never have announced that I would be ministering on Wednesday night because it would diminish the crowd something awful. <laughs> and uh, that's not necessarily true. But uh, I sure am glad for those of you that are. I, I know there's a, a lot of sickness. I've been sick for a week. I'm coughing and coughing and coughing. One of these days I'll be, keep coughing and they'll carry me off in a coffin. That's one of these. Now I'm gonna, I don't see most of you. You understand that, don't you? So, so you can pull your guns and show all that you want to do. Whatever you, but I just want to talk with you tonight <clears throat> somewhat. I'll probably preach a little bit sometime. Some, I, I, I can't help but do that, you know. But uh, I just want to uh, talk with you. Not, not trying to drive you or anything like that. I just, I, I'd like to see us really just submit ourselves to the Lord this evening. So let's pray. Would you please bow your heads in prayer with me? And will you, with, with, with our heads bowed, will you right now, in all honesty before God, will you ask him to show you what he wants you to know? And then will you covenant with him that you will do whatever he tells you to do? I'm a, uh, I'm, I've been concerned all my pastoral ministry about uh, an invitation that uh, results in people going forward, and sometimes I think it's just out of habit. I hope that you will make some genuine decisions this evening. That's my prayer. I want. I want you, I want God's very best for you. I'm not interested in who I am or what I am or even what's going on in the world. I'm interested in my family here. I'm interested in you enjoying everything God has for you. And Father, I thank you so much that you've laid a message on my heart that I believe will help to move my beloved friends forward in their Christian life. Help them, Lord, not to be satisfied with where they are. Help them to grow, even tonight, as they submit themselves to you and obey you. I thank you for what you're going to do. I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who promised that if I ask anything in his name, he would do it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My subject tonight is, uh, I'm sure it's familiar to you. In fact, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I won't say anything to you tonight that you don't already know. But uh, one of the truths that God has taught me over the years is that the answer for peace 
and rest and joy and blessing is to live in total submission to God Almighty. That's the only way. Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and you shall find rest for your soul. Now, a yoke, I don't know how many folks here know anything about old-time farming, my grandparents and my uncles were old-time farmers, and I spent summers sometime on their farm. And uh, they still used, back. this was back before the war. Well, incidentally, let me stop for just a minute. I want to give you a quick reminder of history. 81 years ago tomorrow, the Japanese Empire attacked our fleet in Pearl Harbor, and uh, December 7th, 1941, I remember it clearly. And President Roosevelt, who was the president at that time, said it was a day that will live in infamy, and it has. But anyway, let's go on. <laughs> Back before the war, and uh, early in the early years of the war, I was up, up on the farm, and and. Uh, my, my grandparents and my uncle still used horses to do their work. And I learned how to harness a horse. I learned how to harness a team of horses. And you had to have a, mix, a, 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 a matched team, and you put the yoke. It wasn't the yoke. It was the, it was the uh, horse collar and all the rest of the paraphernalia that went with it on them. And uh, they both worked together. And so when Jesus said, uh, take my yoke upon you, he's in the other side. You realize that? He's in the other, you're not alone. You're not, you, you're not laboring for him alone. He never did that. So you submit to him. And uh, in, in, uh, I'm convinced, really, that we need, we need to get into the yoke and that means that we can't just uh, sit back and relax while he does all of it. We've got to allow him to do what he wants to do and we will do what we should do. For example, if uh, I need to uh, make a cake, I'm going to trust God to make that cake. But I'm going to do it because I can, I think. I'm not sure. Check with me later, Jeff. But if you want peace, and really that's, that's the answer, the best thing, the best thing for you as a child of God is really to submit to the yoke. Submit to the yoke. Uh, and that's submitting to him alone. That's not, not, uh, not having, having conditions on it. You submit, you surrender without, without any conditions. You surrender completely to the Lord. And then just rest in him and allow him to do what he wants to do. 
Now, there's a great illustration of this in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Would you turn to Genesis chapter 12? Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read the first four verses. Genesis chapter 12. You have it? Let's stand while we read the Word of God, please. Just out of respect to the tremendous missile that we have. The scripture says now, this is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and out of thy boy, I'm sorry. I <laughs> hope you'll forgive me. Get me out of thy country and from thy family, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless them that bless thee, and make and I will bless thee and make thee a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and uh, thou shalt be a blessing indeed, a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and. Uh, Curse them, curse him that curses thee. So you see, just in that promise that God made, that challenge that God made to um, uh, Abram, that was difficult promise. That was a difficult challenge, because he said, "All the families of the earth shall be blessed through thee." Now, thank you. You may be seated. I'm sorry to stumble and fumble like that. I hope you understand. Now, Abraham, Abram had been, uh, lived in Ur of the Chaldees. He had flocks. He had herds. He had, obviously, money. He had servants. And he had a well-settled situation. He was 75 years old. And uh, he really had it set as far as this world's goods and so forth were concerned. But God said, I want you to leave all that. And you, you notice the tense of the verb, God had said. In other words, this wasn't the first time God had said it to him. This wasn't the first time that God challenged him to surrender all of that. And I'm afraid that sometimes that, I, I know that's happened to me time and again, and I'm afraid sometimes it happens to every child of God, that God has to talk to him two or three times and uh, in some cases, even has to pry open his hands and get, get, get rid of the hold, hold that he has on the things that he thinks are wonderful. Amen. Now, listen, folks, uh, God knows what is best. God is not uh, stunted intellectually. He knows what's going on. Uh, 
Abraham, Abram rather, Abram left, went, left Ur of the Chaldees. Now notice, God did not tell him where he was going. He did not tell him how to get there. He didn't have a GPS. He had no way of knowing anything. Can you imagine him going to Sarai and saying, well, Sarai, pack up, we're leaving. Oh, where are we going? I don't know. Well, when, will we, when will we get there? I don't know. Uh, well, wait a minute, Abram. How will we know when we're supposed to be there? Where we're supposed to be? He said, I don't know. I've been given orders to move to, move to a place following God. Now, that's an important point. Following God. Following God. So they moved. And uh, this was the first uh, challenge that uh, Abram had from God. First time that challenge. Now, there were many challenges along the way. Uh, some of them he failed. Some of them he won. But he had learned... He had learned to trust God for where he was going, for when he would get there. He learned to trust God to uh, provide for him and take care of him while he was going. But this was, this was an initial challenge. And may I say to you, with this matter of surrender, when God calls you to a surrender... There may be a very one-time critical surrender. And if I may, I will use my own situation as an example of that. I was saved uh, November 4th, 1958. In, uh, in uh, I think it was June of uh, 1959 church that we were attending had an evangelist had evangelistic meetings and uh, the evangelist challenged the church with uh, the matter of making an absolute total complete surrender to God Almighty for anything that God would want them to do without having to know all the details. And that night, my wife and I surrendered everything to the Lord. Everything. Our lives, our fortunes, we didn't have much, but our finances, our everything. We just, uh, uh, it was a crucial, critical decision. But you know something? In those 64, yeah, 64, 64 years now, that from that decision, in the 64 years there have been a many, many decisions down the line as God has challenged me time and time again to surrender to him, surrender this to him, surrender that to him, surrender my home, surrender this, surrender that, surrender You'll have that everything, every, every single day, perhaps, that God will challenge you. And I'll talk about that in, in a few moments. So, uh, you need to 
recognize that. Now, the, that, that challenge that, uh, that came to Abram from, to move from Ur of the Chaldees was just the first. There were many others later on. But the supreme example, the supreme example was to come later on, some 40 years later, some 40 years later, when God challenged him to sacrifice his only son, the one in whom the generations were to come. In uh, Genesis chapter 22, it's a marvelous picture of surrender, the marvelous picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, in Genesis 22 and verse 1, God spoke to, spoke to Abraham, and I want you to notice something about this call, this call to Abraham at that time. God said, Abraham, all he did was call him. And Abraham said, here am I. Or I'm sorry, here, here I am. Now, that phrase in the Hebrew is, indicates a complete and total availability to God Almighty for whatever God wants. And that's exactly what Abraham, he had already practiced a good bit of that surrender down through the years. It's been over 40 years now, at least 40 years. And so consequently, it wasn't a, a real problem to him to say, I'm available. And I'll tell you something, folks. You and I have already gone through those preliminaries of uh, uh, surrender so that we ought to be able to say now, it doesn't make any difference what God wants me to do. I am available. Amen. I'm here. Amen. That's all. That's all we need to do. God wants what is best for us people. God wants what is best for us. And that may often mean surrender of everything. Surrender of what we consider to be best for us. We don't know. We have no idea what is best for us. We think, we think that, don't, don't misunderstand me, we think that having a brand new Rolls Royce is probably, the, would probably be the best for us. But God says, no, you, 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 the best thing for you is a Ford. Ford, F-O-R-D. First on race day. In Romans chapter 8 and verses uh, 31, 32, you don't need to turn to them because I'll just stumble through them. But in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 32, 
It says that God, who withheld not his only son for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And I add to that, that, that pertain to life and godliness. That's, that's scripture, another scripture someplace. But, <coughs> excuse me. But the, the thing is that God will always do what's best for us. If I surrender everything to him, then he's going to take care of it. In fact, he'll take better care of it than I would. In 1 Corinthians, you see, if we, what I'm calling for is surrender. Surrender of everything. That's what God calls for. Surrender of everything. You say, well, my car, my home, my finances, my children, my spouse. <clears throat> you know, none of it belongs to you. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Know ye what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which you have of God and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. I don't belong, belong to me anymore. I used to sing a chorus years ago. I don't belong to me anymore. Jesus bought me one day. I bought a car years ago. I bought a certain number of cars years ago. But uh, the last car I bought, I paid for it. It was my car. Except that it wasn't my car. And so consequently, when it came time to not be able to see, I gave it up. It's not mine. It wasn't mine to begin with. It was his. And he can do with it whatever he wants. Does God have all of you? Does God have all of you or just a part of you? Or what part does he have? Why don't you give him all of you? You've heard the uh, testimony from pastor of F.B. Meyer and how he learned surrender. He wanted to know what it meant to have a life of victory, a daily, regular peace and victory. He got on his knees and he prayed and said, Lord, I, I want, he said, it seemed like, I want, he said, I want peace and victory. And he said, it seemed like the Lord Jesus was in the room. And Jesus said, will you give me the keys to your life? And F.B. Meyer said, sure. So he handed him a ring of keys. Now he's seeing this, you know, in his mind. Handed him a ring of keys. And he said, Jesus said to me, are these all of them? And Meyer said, well, all but this one here. And Jesus handed him back the ring of keys, and he said, if I don't have all of them, 
I don't have any of them. Are you listening? Amen. Are you listening? Amen. If he doesn't have all of your life, if you're holding back something from it, if you're holding back your finances, if you're holding back your rights, if you're holding back your children, if you're holding back your jobs, if you're holding back your anger, if you're holding back your bitterness, you don't have him, and he doesn't have you. But he wants you. He wants you to enjoy the kind of peace and rest that he died for you to have. See, surrender, the supreme test came when God and when, when Abram and Isaac went up that mountain. When Ab- they went up that mountain. I, I, I have often wondered what went through Abram's mind. You'll notice God spoke to him in the beginning, very in the evening. And he, got a, he spent the night, I'm, I'm sure he spent the night in prayer, it doesn't say in that in the scriptures, but he spent the night, and then in the morning he took the wood for the offering, and he laid it on the back of Isaac, and together they went with some of his men to the mountain, three days' journey, I like that, three days resurrection. Uh, Three days journey, and when he got to the mountain, he said this to the men. He said, you may wait here. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and return again. Abraham knew that although he was called to sacrifice his son, that the resurrection could take place. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, chapter 11 as far as, uh, uh, as, far as uh, Abram was concerned. His faith and trust in the Lord resulted in him saying that he would be back. He knew. He had trusted God down through the years. Now, I, I look at many of my friends here at Canaan, and I know that you have been challenged down through the years by God to surrender, and you have surrendered. You've surrendered this, or you've surrendered that, or you've surrendered something else, and God has been faithful in taking care of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you still here? I can't, I can't see you, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. So consequently, if he asks you tonight to surrender everything, you've had practice already. You know what he's going to do. He may not Take what, he will give, take what you give him. He may just want us to be living with, and you've heard this from me plenty of times, living with open hands when, when, that, when that promotion that you were supposed to get, somebody that was less qualified got it, 
and you got left out, hey, that's the way it goes. Thank you, Lord, I gave that to you. Thank you, Lord. I learned uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe more than that, about a month ago, I guess it was. I, I learned that, number one, God answers every prayer. He said he would. And sometimes that answer is not what I want. You know what I'm saying? And when that answer is not what I want, when he says no, then why not just thank him for that? Amen. Why not say thank you, Lord? You've got a better plan for me. I just surrender it all to you, and it's up to you what you're going to do. I leave it with you. You say, well, that's kind of careless, isn't it? No, it's not careless. It's trust. It's what's called trust. What about you? What or who are you holding on to? Closed fists. And you're angry. And you're bitter. And there are people you've never forgiven. Who are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about you. You. I remember that night in June of 1959 when my wife and I went forward and surrendered our lives for whatever God wanted. We, didn't, we came to the place of recognizing that we did not belong to ourselves. We could not make the kind of decisions that we had been making. We hadn't only been saved a year. We didn't know much. But God has been faithful. Let me do a little review of, of his faithfulness. In 1958, we were saved. In 1962, uh, we started our first church. In 1959, after we had surrendered to the Lord, I led my first brother to the my brother my youngest younger brother to the Lord, my first soul. My wife led his wife to his to the Lord. God has been faithful. We served that church for three years and started it and served served for three years and God led us to another ministry, and then in 1968 we started a second church. And God blessed. We had a Christian school. God was doing in all this. I couldn't do that. I didn't know what I was doing. Had no idea. I had to come to the Lord regularly and say, Oh God, I can't. You can. Do it, God. Do it. I can't. Are you willing to say, I can't? Amen. 
See, before I got saved, I could, but I failed horribly. You really want to have victory and blessing and peace and rest? I can't. You can. Do it, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> after we started that second church and pastored it for nine years God moved us to South Carolina took pity on us and moved us to South Carolina and uh, pastored a church there for another seven years and then God very graciously opened the door for me to teach in a new Bible college. He took care of us. He took care of us. We just gave everything to him. And God took care of us. And hear me, beloved, hear me. I honestly, really want what God's want, God wants for you. I don't know what it is. And you don't know what it is. But it doesn't matter. He knows what it is. And will you surrender to him for whatever he wants tonight? Will you do that tonight? You'll have peace and rest and joy and blessing like you never knew. Believe me. It may be that some of you, me, all of you, have made that initial surrender that I spoke about in my life. But if you haven't, do that now. And it'll find it to be very much easier to respond to his challenge to you every time he challenges you. And I want to tell you something, beloved. If you belong to him, he's going to call upon you time after time after time. Because, because he loves you. He loves me. Can you imagine that? Would you bow your heads, please? <clears throat> 